0: Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. God bless. Hey, it's great having you here tonight. And uh, unfortunately, it has to be online. And so we are pre-recording this message um, for tonight. But uh, it's good to have you with us. And uh, we've started a series uh, the last few weeks. So if you haven't caught the series it's called preeminence and it's uh it's regarding of placing jesus christ first in our lives and jesus is preeminent all power all authority is his he is above all but his heart and desire for us individually is that we would make him first in our lives he gives us a choice to do that and uh that we would put him first in all areas of our life because the blessing that comes through that as we do it is beyond what we could possibly imagine. So tonight, uh, if you haven't watched the last few weeks, I really urge you to, to go back and check out those uh, messages from the last two weeks uh, in the preeminence series. Um, and tonight, before we get started, I just want to open in prayer. And uh, if we could just take a moment to pray that the word of God would be made real in in your lives at this time. Lord, you know where each one is at. Those that are listening uh, tonight, uh, Lord, those that would be listening down the road, um, you know where they're at. And I just thank you, God, that uh, your heart and desire is to do a, a work not just on us, but through us. And, Lord, you have plans and purposes for us, even as we would make you first. And, Lord, so I pray an anointing on the word tonight, and I pray that there would be an opening of the hearts and of the minds of each, of, each one that is, is watching and viewing now. Lord, that there, there would be a speaking into their uh, being. And, Lord, that there would be an encouragement that would come, and also there would be direction and exhortation and even warning, Uh, that that would be heeded, Lord, uh, by each as they hear tonight. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So tonight, uh, in the series uh, of preeminence, um, I'm I'm giving a title uh, of Making It Big. And uh, uh, sometimes we have a view of making it big. Uh, Can we make it big uh, in our day and age? And is there something that 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 God would say, "Hey, this is for you now to make it big." I guess it comes down to our view or definition of what it means to make it big, and usually there's a there's more of a um, a materialistic view on it, and oftentimes when we when we think of things more from a, 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 a physical, materialistic uh, viewpoint, we may fall short uh, of that which is of real uh, blessing and benefit to us to actually make it big. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 25, it says, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost. So, so often, it's not until we're in a crisis situation or, or, or uh, that we recognize, you know what? It doesn't matter how much money I have in the bank. It doesn't matter so much how much material wealth I have. When we're in the crisis, those things become, the value that they have becomes very minimal, uh, especially as we would face death itself. Uh, we're not so concerned uh, as to how, how much money is in our bank account, but rather it's, it's am I going to live any longer? And so, sometimes there's such a fight to to, to survive and to, uh, to live, even if it's for an extra hour or an extra few minutes, we fight to survive. Um, we think way too small when it comes to making it big. And God would say to us, you're thinking way too small and, and there is much more value when it comes to making it big than our temporal, short-term, uh, immediate view that we have on even life. We lean on our own understanding. We lean on our, our uh, perhaps uh, worldly views. We lean on our, our human Carnal way of thinking of, of our uh, of of what it is to make it big, we we think according to the the philosophies of man, and what they would say. Well, you want to make it big? Hey, here's here's five steps to making it big, uh, in in your life at this point. So there's there's a very worldly and human view of what it is to make it big and how we can make it big. And if we're just thinking materially, once again, Luke 9.25 says, and this is Jesus speaking, what does it profit? For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? So tonight I, I want to give you, not just, not my own words or my own views, but I want to give you the word of God. And the word of God is for our blessing it is for our direction it is for for us to have a full life even on this side of heaven even in the midst of of storms like what value is uh uh, having peace in the midst of the storm how how much do you can you pay for peace you can't pay for that and yet god is saying i want to give you peace in the midst of the storm. I want to give you a shelter in the midst of the storm. These are things that uh, uh, truly are of extreme value and are a real treasure uh, to us and definitely are something that would make or have us make it big in this day and age. Uh, I want to read to you just quickly from Luke chapter, uh, or sorry, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10 and it says, and I, I'm going to be focusing in on one word in the second verse here that I'm, I'm reading. So in verse 9 it says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So in Jesus Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, there is this, this uh, physical uh, manifest, manifestation of of the Godhead that came in the form of Jesus Christ in the form of man, he was born two thousand years ago, and he lived for thirty three years of uh, thirty three years on this planet, and he died horribly on the death on on the cross, a horrible death, and uh, but in him, in Jesus Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now listen to verse ten, and you that's you and I, are complete in him who is the head of all principality and powers. He's preeminent. Uh, he is first over all principalities and powers, whether they are of man uh, or they're in the spiritual realm uh, of angels, even Satan and, and demons. He is over them. He has preeminence over every principality and power. But this word complete, I want to focus in on the word complete. Uh, and uh, the Greek, in the Greek, the word is play roo, play roo. And, it, and I'll listen to this. This is, this is just amazing when it comes to the, the, the riches of just this one word complete. It means to make full or to fill up or to, to fill right to the full okay so talk about making it big god desires with under this this de- definition or part of this definition is to cause to abound to furnish or to supply liberally so for us to to be furnished and abound and supply to liberally in other words yeah to make it big uh it it also means Another part of it is to render full or to complete. So to fill up to the top so that nothing shall be wanting to full measure or to fill to the brim. It it means to make complete in every particular aspect, to render perfect. So when it comes to who we are, you, you, you might look at yourself and say, man, there's flaws within me. Or there's things that, man, I don't like about myself. And God is saying here to us, He is saying, I want to make you perfect in every aspect of your being. And that is without us. Uh, well, we'll see what it is that we need to do for that for that to take place in our lives. So you got to listen up uh, when it comes to uh, making it big, uh, even... In your own character, when it comes to your behavior, when it comes to your your perspective on life, when it comes to your outlook on life, when it comes to dealing with with extremely negative situations, dealing with extremely positive situations, being full to the brim, not half full, but right to the right to the top. It's like this is amazing. Another. Uh, uh, Part of this meaning of the word complete is to carry into effect, to bring to realization, to, to, to make real uh, to, of matters of duty is to perform or execute. Uh, when it comes to the promises, when it comes to prophecies, when it comes to the things that God would speak to us to bring those things to pass to accomplish the things, the promises that God has for us, that they will come to pass. It's like, man, I want those promises to happen. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so the reality of that, if, Lord, to have abundant life, how can I have abundant life? The Lord is saying, I want to make it happen. And so as we go through this passage here, we're going to be looking at Colossians chapters. Uh, or chapter 2 from verses 1 to 10, and I'm, I'm, I'm praying that I'll get, be able to get through this tonight, I'm hoping. So um, uh, let's get right into to this. And just one last thing regarding the word complete. It is to cause God's will to be obeyed as it should be and God's promises to receive fulfillment or to, so that there would be a fulfillment of God's promises is part of the definition of complete. So just a, a just a, a, a very a very um, full and rich meaning to this word complete. Truly, to make it big uh, when it comes to life. All right. So what do we what do we have to look at here? Uh, and, and and we want to just look at some things. And as we read through these these verses, these 10 verses, ending off with verse 9 and 10, which we started off with, you will see that there are positive uh, uh, comments that are being made by Paul. And once again, you have to recognize this is not just man writing what he thinks, but it's inspired by God. And the Holy Spirit is inspiring uh, Paul what to write so basically it is God speaking to us through Paul through his word he is speaking to us so if we want to make it big that Jesus would be preeminent in our life but we want to look at some of the details here now uh, regarding that because I want for your life regardless of COVID regardless of restrictions regardless of, of not being able to do certain things that your life is full at this point in time, if you're going through depression or anxiety or you have fear of COVID or whatever it may be, maybe there's financial situations, maybe there's health situations, God is saying, listen, I want that you can be made complete and made to make it big, even in the worst of times. And so God wants to help you through. So I want, to, I want you to be encouraged tonight as you hear the word of God. So let's uh, just turn to Colossians chapter 2 from verse 1. It says, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. So he says there's a concern, there's conflict that's going on within me regarding you, so to the church in uh, Colossae, which was a city uh, in the time of, of Paul in the time of Jesus, and to those that are in Laodicea, which was another city that was nearby. And it says, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. I like that because he's saying it's not just for those in Colossae, and and it's not just for those in Laodicea, but it's for those even that have not seen me. We have not seen Paul. I have not seen Paul. And Paul is saying, this is for you too. Even though it's like almost 2,000 years later, this is for you. So grab a hold of it. So now here, he's, he's there's some warning and there's some encouragement. There's some direction being given in the next number of verses to make it big. So let's look at verse two then. It says, that their hearts, that your heart, may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? If you'll notice in verse... or verse 2 and 3, there are a number of things listed here. And so the first thing it says, that their hearts may be encouraged. He's saying, listen, I want you to be encouraged. I'm saying to you tonight, if you're, not, if you're discouraged, I want you to be encouraged. And not just am I saying that, but the Lord is saying that to you. I want you to be encouraged at this time. Secondly, the second thing in this list that that's in verse two it says being knit together in love. That there would be uh, uh, listen. I know that that so much of the restriction today is is about uh, being isolated, and this is there. It's there's uh, we recognize that there's so much um, detrimental uh, effects. That, that are because of isolation. And so they're re- they're recognizing uh, that there's a lot of mental health issues because of, of isolation and that there would be a reaching out. Listen, if you don't have somebody that you can call on, a brother or sister in the Lord, that there would be a reaching out, just saying, hey, uh, I, I need to contact somebody. Uh, and even if it's it's here at the church, to let me know, hey, uh, you can uh, email me at pastor at lighthouseniagara.com. And if there's something that needs to be arranged, that we can arrange for you to have some encouragement and to have somebody uh, in touch with you so that you would know that you're not alone and that you are loved and cared for. That we would be knit together in love. That we would come together in love. That we would love one another and, and the beautiful thing is that love covers a multitude of sins. That we're not saying, well, hey, I, 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 I'm sorry I can't spend time with you because, you know, you did this you're, or you're doing that. And, uh, you know, but that we would be knit together in love. I'm, I'm talking about brothers and sisters in the Lord. And if you're viewing today and, and you're, you're, you say, hey, I'm, I'm, what does that mean to be a brother or sister in the Lord? The family of God does, there's a way to get into the family of God and before the end of the of, of this message this uh, lesson here uh, i'm going to give you an opportunity to become a part of the family of God. It is so easy to do and uh, so I will let you know how that can be done at the end so to be encouraged to be knit together in love and it says here, attaining to all riches of full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of, of, of the of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So let me just expand on this. Attaining to all riches, to attain something is is to receive something, to to get the things of riches. Now, the riches here that he's talking about here is not is we're not talking materially necessarily, but we are talking here, he says, the full assurance of understanding is that you, your mind begins to, to to realize how tremendous God is, how tremendous the Father is, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So there's there's an assurance of understanding. You just know, you know what? I have a Father in heaven, and he's going to watch over me. He's going to see me through the hard times in life he's going to get me through the difficult times in life he's going to he's his heart and desire is for my well-being and for my good and so there's an understanding of this you know what without having that that understanding we get to a place where we, real, we, we figure, I'm all alone. There is nobody to watch over me. I, I, I can't make it I'm, because I'm on my own. And, and there's fear and there's anxiety and there's depression and there's, there's a lack, there's sometimes a paralyzing that takes place because we feel that we're all alone. And God is saying, listen, you're my child. And as a child of God, if you're not a child of God, I'm going to give you that opportunity at the end but as a child of God, that you would begin to have this full assurance of understanding, to begin to have a greater and deeper understanding and revelation of who God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are with regards to you as an individual. Wow, to know that I'm, I'm loved by God, to know that God knows all about me, Even better than I know myself, he knows you and he cares for you and he is there for you as a child of his. He is there for you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you. Hallelujah. Not only is it the depth of the riches of Jesus Christ, uh, but there is um, it says a knowledge of the mystery of God, a knowledge of the mystery of God and. In a few verses prior to these, this verse, going back to the, the last or the first chapter, of the last few verses, Colossians 1, 26 to 28, it talks about what the mystery of God is. So I want to just say, uh, read these t- uh, verses from verse 26 to 28. And a mystery is something that is, is we don't know. There's something that's not known. We know there's something there, but we don't know the extent of it. It's sort of hidden to us. It's a mystery. And it says in verse 26, it says, The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. So it it used to be hidden, but now has been revealed to his saints, to his children. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the gentiles so it, was, it wasn't just for for the jews jesus came and he was born a, a jew and but it was not just for the jews it was also for the gentiles whoever's not jewish that, that's me that's that may be you if you're not a jew you're a gentile and here's the mystery the mystery is this which is christ in you the hope of glory. Christ in you. Now, the amazing, I'm, I'm just, I, one of my verses that I, I, I just love, and this is uh, John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, but as many as received him, to allow Jesus to come into your life, but as many as received him, to them he gave, the power to become the children of God, even to those that believe in his name. So as we receive Christ into our lives, it's a decision you make. Lord, I allow you to come into my life. You say, well, what do I do? How do I do that? Just like I speak and I believe. Jesus, I allow you to come into my life. It's as simple as that, As by faith. And there's a confession, sure. We need to confess of what separates us from God, why God, Jesus on the outside and that he needs to be within us. And, and f- for there to be um, a forgiveness of sins, there needs to be acknowledgement of Jesus and, and what he did for us. And then we allow him to come into our lives. And we're going to do that at the very end, if, if that's something that you haven't done yet, because as we do this thing of Christ in us, Allows us to be born of God. We become children of God, and if we are a child of God, that means that God is no longer just God out there, but is God our Father. I have, we all have parents, a mother and a father. Depending on how close you were to them, uh, hopefully you grew up in a home where there was, yeah, mom and dad were there. Maybe you grew up in a home where there was just a single parent. But all of us were born of a of mother and father and so we are born of them when we are born so that means that we we are children a son or a daughter that has a mother or father well when we ask Jesus to come into our lives he becomes we become born we are immediately born of God the next verse John 1 verse 13 talks about the fact that we are born not of flesh or of blood or the will of man but we are born of God which makes God our Father. So we have a Father in heaven that loves us. So beautiful. So, which is, so the mystery which is has been made known to Gentiles, and I've made known this mystery now, is that if you allow Christ into your life, you have a hope of glory, of what is yet to come. And part of that glory is already on this side of heaven and will translate even to when we are either die or when we're called to be with the Lord, when the trumpet sounds, we will be with God for eternity. What a beautiful thing. It says, him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. It is only Jesus Christ that can make us perfect. Just like this word complete, there's another uh, depth to this word of to be perfect in Christ and part of that perfection is being able to stand before God Almighty without God uh, judging us uh, because of our works or our, our sin and the things that we've done that maybe weren't right before him he doesn't judge us because we've already, he, the judgment has gone on Jesus Christ in his death and we are made perfect because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's the only way we can come before God and the only way we are made perfect, and it is in and through Jesus Christ. All right. So this knowledge of the mystery of God, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, and both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so... There's this thing of treasure that's of wisdom and knowledge that are hidden in Christ. Oftentimes, um, when it comes to human wealth and, and, and uh, prosperity materially, you might say, well, it's, it's you know, you gotta, if you work hard and whatever. But oftentimes, it's application of knowledge and wisdom. Uh, so knowledge is knowing about things. Wisdom is knowing how to apply things, when to apply things. And with it, there comes, there's many benefits and blessings that come with it, even without knowing God. But here, this is, goes way beyond our human understanding and wisdom and knowledge. This is now the treasures that come uh, by the wisdom and knowledge of God and through God. In whom the Father and of Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, and I like that it says they're hidden. The thing about something that's hidden it needs to be found it needs to be you need to look for it you need to 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 uh, pursue uh, whatever to get that treasure because it's hidden there's something about finding this treasure we need to look for it how do we find a treasure a hidden treasure the first thing is to know that there's even a treasure to look for and some of the problems that that uh, i uh, that christians have now if you're an unbeliever listen and you're listening at this point in time or maybe you've strayed from the lord i want you to know the the treasure that comes by wisdom and knowledge of God, and that's hidden at this point in time, God wants to reveal it to you as you begin to seek it. So there, there needs to be a seeking. And, and we're talking about making it big when it comes to life, the fullness and, and completeness to, to life. It's like it's available to, to you. It's available to me. But there, there needs to be a seeking of, of something that is hidden. So the problems that a lot of Christians have at this time uh, regarding the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are hidden in the Father and in Jesus Christ is that most people don't even know that there's a treasure available to you to have a full life. So they don't even know, well, I got to do it all on my own. I need to work on it all by myself. And that's how I, I, if it's going to happen, it's going to be because of what I do. They don't know that there's much riches and treasure that's available to us. The second problem that a lot of Christians have is that they don't seek the treasure. It's like, ah, oh, what I, maybe part of it, um, they're figuring, well, it's going to be too hard to attain. I, it's going to be too hard to find. So I don't even go to look for it, which is unfortunate because it's, it, the Lord is, gonna, is giving in these passages how we can find completeness and fullness of life. The third problem that a lot of Christians have when it comes to the treasures that are available for us is they don't realize the worth of the treasure. If you don't think something's very valuable, there's no uh, desire to pursue something that you don't feel is valuable. Let me just give you a quick illustration. Um, I don't know. I I know for myself, the very first time I saw my wife, I, I saw her in church. Uh, at a youth rally. I had never seen her before in my life. And so there was a few hundred uh, young young people, eight, you know, teenagers, uh, at this youth rally. And I can remember I was 16 years of age at that point. The service ended, and my wife, or this, this, this lady, stood up and turned around. And when she turned around, I saw her for the first time, and it was like, I don't want to say love at first sight, but... There's that expression, love at first sight. What it was was, I see that person and it's like, wow, this person I want to get to know because at first there was this attraction that was attraction of the eye and it was like, I like what I see. I want to get to know that person. So for the next few years, it took me another two years to actually ask her out uh, on a date. and uh, But because of the value that i placed in who she was there was a pursuit of it now listen and that's the problem that a lot of christians have is they don't realize the worth of the treasures that are available through the father and and his son jesus christ with the holy spirit making sure that it all works out so i so in the the next number of passages truly like what it says in Luke 11 verse 9 when Jesus said and he said so i say to you ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you there's this desire or this thing of of asking persist lord god reveal yourself to me reveal your plans your purposes to me so you ask the lord is saying you will receive seek to look, look for the things of treasure. Lord, I, I, I want for you to be made real to me. I want to have fullness and completeness and perfection of life before you. Lord, do a work on me. God is desiring for us to pursue the things, to look for the things of that hidden treasure. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 4, we see that there's a negative statement made here. There's a warning, all right? And the warning is this. Is, and, and so Paul writes, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. And so there's this thing of being sidetracked from getting the treasure. You're you're being sidetracked from making it big when it comes to life. And so there's a warning here now that you can be deceived and you can be taken off track so that you don't find the treasure or the the, the treasure uh, eludes you because you've been deceived with persuasive words, words that would make sense says, yeah, that, that makes sense. So, yeah, I should do that. And so we go off track. And I'll tell you, I see this. I've seen this in my own life where I've gone off track or I thought, well, this is how I do things. And it was like, no, 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 this is not how you do things. And as a result, oftentimes as believers, we feel, well, this is what I need to do uh, to, to get in right standing with God. I, you know what? I got I to gotta spend more time reading the word of God i got to spend more time praying. i got to spend more time uh, 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 being consistent and being in the house of the Lord. And I'm not saying that these things are not good. But when it comes for the fullness and completeness of life that the Lord would have for us, it is much easier than that. And so we can be put off track and deceived with persuasive words. What are well, let me continue on, because I want to get into uh, now the next few verses, we'll, we'll allude now to what we need to do. And already in the very first chapter, there was an alluding to this as well. Um, so Paul says, "For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit." rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. So he says, I'm not there with you. I'm, I'm absent in the flesh. I'm not with you in the flesh. Yet I am with you in spirit. My spirit is, in fact, he says, I'm rejoicing to see your good order. Now, what, is that? what does that mean, this good order? It has to do... Uh, in one regard, it's, it's almost like a military uh, term to keep in order, to keep in rank. You have a rank and you don't deter from, from your place in that ranking of, of what you have to do. Um, and you're not swayed by the different things that are coming at you. And in this case, the persuasive words, you, you stay on track. So this good order of staying on track, and it says, and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. This is where the focus needs to be. Listen, I'm saying to you at this time, when it comes to you having, being complete and making it big in life, it is around the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. It cannot waver. That's what steadfastness steadfast means is you don't waver your faith in Christ does not waver and you might say what about Christ? is just knowing that he exists it's way more than that it's not only just knowing that Jesus Christ exists or existed walking on this planet 2,000 years ago but that he is all power and authority is his and even for our lives that he would be preeminent he desires for for us to make him preeminent in our lives And that our faith is in him and who, not just who he is, but what he did for us. The fact that he died for us. Now, so your faith in Christ. We're not swayed by different gospels or another message by persuasive words. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ it is, so there's a, a relating. Now, Paul was way after Christ was already crucified. Paul came up after that point. So uh, he was actually extremely opposed to those that were followers of Jesus Christ to the point of actually uh, imprisoning those that follow Christ were followers of Christ, and Jesus had already died on the cross. He had risen from the dead, and he had already ascended to the Father, and so it was no longer on the planet. So those that continue to follow Jesus, he was opposed to them. And, um, but here, as he got to know who Jesus was, and there was a powerful uh, a conversion that took place, and there was a turning from being opposed to, to Jesus and those that followed Jesus to s- serving him, to the point where he says, "I have been crucified with Christ." He relates back to the fact that that Jesus died, and he says, "I I am there. I relate. I I accept what he who Jesus is and that he died for me. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ in us, the hope of glory, and the life which I now live in this flesh." He's this death that he has with Christ is, is a, a spiritual thing that's taking place. Physically, Paul is alive, but he's saying, I am alive only because of my faith in Jesus Christ, and he's been made spiritually alive by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When? When he went to the cross. And that message is for you today. Jesus died for you because he loves you. And as we relate and, and acknowledge who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross and that our faith is in him, we can have life and fullness of life. Look at the next verse. It says, I do not set aside the grace of God. If you don't want the grace of God, the, the, the favor of God on your life, you push aside how you view Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross, it's like, ah, that's not important. And we, we push aside the grace of God. It says, for if righteousness comes through the law, by me keeping the law, then Christ died in vain. The very next verse says, chapter 3, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? What truth? The truth that before whose eyes, your eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? He says, when I came to you, Is that not how I I preached and I I portrayed Jesus Christ, not just as a good man that lived on this earth 2,000 years ago that had, you know, great sayings and he healed the sick and whatever, but it was way more than that. He died for you. He died for me. He was portrayed as crucified. And so here we there's an acknowledgment and a recognition of the fact that Jesus died for us. This is critical. That's where our faith, our steadfastness of faith needs to be in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3 and 4, Paul, as he writes to the Corinthians, alludes to the same thing of this deception that can be taken or made with persuasive words. And he says in verse 3, he says, But I fear, lest somehow as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The simplicity of Jesus Christ and him crucified. How simple is that? It's about, that's where my faith needs to be. And so now he's saying, Just as Satan deceived Eve by his craftiness, and there's a corruption, he says, that your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, so we preach Jesus Christ and him crucified, and there's another Jesus that's being preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, when you heard the gospel and there's another spirit that comes in, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, then he ends off with that you may well put up with it. In other words, you are deceived. You become deceived because you're putting up with it, and you're receiving a, another Jesus, a different spirit, not the Holy Spirit, a different spirit. I'm, t- I'm talking about demonic spirit, or a different gospel, different good news which you have not accepted, which was not preached, the gospel being Jesus Christ and him crucified, if that's not being preached, if that's not where your faith is at, you can run into deep trouble regarding the fullness and completeness of life that God has for you. Jesus himself said, regarding the last days, they asked him as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? When the, the temple is, is knocked down, when will it speak? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name and say, oh, we're, yeah, we're men or women of God. And, and saying, I am the Christ and, and will deceive many or they will pull them away from the simplicity of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. And there will be another thing that comes in. Jesus Christ and him crucified will become very secondary. Big mistake when it comes to, to making it big in life. Verse 6, Colossians 2, verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. There it is again, established solid in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Abounding means to that there's a, a, a fullness and over, there's an abundance. That's what abounding in it with thanksgiving. It's like, thank you, Lord, for the abundance that I have, the completeness, the fullness of life that I have, that it comes through what my faith is in, being established in the faith as you've been taught. Now, he says... There's at the beginning of this verse, he says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus. So there was a receiving of Christ as Savior in your life to save you from your sins by faith. It was as simple as that. When you first came to the Lord, it was by faith. I believe that Jesus died for me, for my sins. He took my sins upon himself. I believe that. And, and you allowed him into your life. And, and it was all by faith. And in that moment, you were saved. Even you said, Lord, I am a sinner. But Jesus forgave me on the cross, and he comes into my life, and I'm made alive spiritually. I was dead in trespasses and sins, and now I'm made alive in Jesus Christ. But it doesn't say just you have received Christ Jesus, but it says you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord. So you might say, Pastor, what's the difference between Jesus being my Savior and Jesus being my Lord. We, we have, we believe in Jesus as our Savior to save us from our sins, but that's just the beginning. Jesus Christ desires to be your Lord. And so when someone is a Lord over someone else, he's their master. So there's a recognition that he is above, preeminent, And we are below, or we submit to His Lordship. Now, the amazing thing is, in in chapter 1, this is from two weeks ago, uh, we, the Lord, gives us the choice to make Him first in our lives. We have that choice. And the Lord is saying that we would make Him first in our life because that's when things really take off in our lives. It's not just becoming alive spiritually uh, when we believe in Christ, so that he saves us from our sin. But now it's going way beyond, and it happens as we submit to the Lord as being Lord in our lives. It's a choice we we make. And then it says, so walk in him so that we now start to walk in the in the fullness and in the power of God and the the completion of God and in the, per, the perfection that God would have for us we start things start to happen and they happen start happening very quickly as Jesus is lord and this is all by faith all by faith it says rooted and built up in him so as he is our Savior and our Lord, and we begin to walk in Him. We we begin begin to be obedient to to His commands. That's as as Lord, and we're, so now we're starting to do the things that He would have us do. There's roots that start to go down in Him, and we become more and more established, or or uh, there's a greater foundation of our faith. Our faith expands. And then we can abound in life with thanksgiving. There's a a, a fullness of life. And you know what? As I look over my life, when I first came to Jesus as a seven-year-old boy, and then as my faith continued to grow, and especially even in the last 15 years, I just say, thank you, Jesus. My faith is not in myself to keep all the commands for my salvation, but my faith is in you and what you've done for me on the cross. That's where my faith is. And my righteousness is not in my own works and keeping spiritual disciplines, but rather it is in Jesus Christ for my salvation. And as I submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then it's so much easier to say, Lord, yeah, what is it? What do you want me to do? Go ahead. Give me your command. Give me your instruction because I want to do it. We begin to do it. And all of it. Where our faith is growing, we've, We've been established in faith as you have been taught. As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians uh, 2, verse 2, he says, I was determined you would know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's that's the main foundation of of all that you need to know, that you would know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you know that and your faith is there, you will begin to. Abound and Paul, that's what he taught when he first came to a a new place. He would speak about Jesus Christ and him crucified. As he says, Didn't I portray Jesus as being crucified? He he says, Didn't I say, Didn't I tell you of, of why he went to the cross for you and that he died for you because he loved you? He took all your sins upon himself. Is that not how Jesus Christ was presented to you? And even as, the, as we grab a hold of that by faith, there's an abounding in it and that faith and who Jesus is and what he did for us and, and being Lord and we're rooted and all that. And there's a fullness and flourishing of life that we begin to say, oh man, thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for what you did for me in my life. What a blessing you are. Praise God. Praise God. In Galatians 6, 14, Paul writes, he says, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The world can't touch me because I boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That's the highest thing for me is who Jesus is and what he did for me on the cross. That's what I'm going to boast in. That's what I'm going to depend on for life and so the world i'm crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me it can't touch me i'm dead to it praise god so often as believers we're, we're deceived or we're sidetracked by even the things of the world and the lord is saying even as you would believe in me we would boast in the cross of our lord jesus christ and the world has been crucified to us and we to the world were not impacted negatively by this world. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, he says then, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. In other words, if it isn't Jesus Christ and him crucified that's being presented to you, there's no mention of that, there's no trust in that, there's no faith in that, you you will go off track. It says, you will be cheated through philosophy and empty deceit. Deceit is is, is that which is not of honesty, is of lie. According to the traditions of man, what man would have you do? According to the basic principles of the world, but not according to Christ. Jesus Christ and him crucified. To cheat you is to carry off a person as a captive or slave. I'll tell you, people get enslaved as they get off of the their faith being in, in what saved them, in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. That's what saves me. And it gets onto something else, whether it's themselves or doing certain things or whatever. Uh, they're cheated or they're carried off and made captive of those things. So this cheating is even more than just being deceived of something, but it's actually making you captive in what that thing is. And so it, it lists some of those things through philosophy. So there's this thing of... Uh, it's, it's This word philosophy has to do with a, a love of wisdom that has to do with a zeal for or skill in any art or science or any branch of knowledge. Now I'm not saying that God is against art or science or knowledge because God is the God that put the universe in place. There's a lot of science and math and and involved in just the way our universe operates and in when it comes to creation, we see the create creativity of God in creation and and the way he made things, we're talking beautiful and and Artistic, if you would. But this is where, in this uh, in this passage here, there were J- Jewish uh, people, and and they were basically saying, uh, you know what, you you need to uh, uh, place your trust, basically in the the rituals of the mosaic law the regulations of jewish tradition respecting practical life and even those things that, that people made up regarding that of that they put it when it comes to the according to the tradition of man they they were putting as much weight on what people said about it their views their opinions these traditions of man, and they they put them in the same category as being the word of God, and so they are are. There's a deception that takes place that it's not the word of God, but yet is being put in the same at the same level as the word of God. This is what God would say, and it's well, no, God didn't say that, but man is saying that. How many traditions? Uh, are there that, that come up and they're, they're, it is actually empty, empty deceit, devoid of truth. And it is according to the tradition of man, according to the basic principles of the world. And here, the, uh, the, there's a going off track where you become captivated by these things, these philosophies, of of man and of empty of of that which is not of truth empty deceit according to the traditions of man according to the basic principles of the world and that's how you live it's not according to Christ and who he is so paul expands on this and uh so i just want to read to you how there's an example of this—that's a, a, a real-life example that Paul writes of in Galatians chapter two, from verse eleven—and so I want to expand on, before I expand on 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 this thing of the tradition of man and the basic principles of this world and all of that, because it it talks about that at the end of this second chapter in Colossians. But before we go there, let me just show you an example of this in Galatians chapter 2 verse 11. So this this happened. It says so Paul says when Peter had come to Antioch which was a was a, a city I withstood him to his face. So he basically because he was to be blamed. So there was this, this altercation between Paul and Peter and basically Paul is rebuking Peter, the disciple of Jesus Christ, who is an apostle. And then he explains why. He says, for before certain men came uh, from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. So when Peter was with Paul and they were with the Gentiles, he would eat with the Gentiles. So that would be like you and I, we're not Jews, and so he would eat with them. But when they came, these men from James, He withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. What does that mean, those who were of the circumcision? It was those that were Jews. The Jews, the men were circumcised. And so he separated himself from the Gentiles. Oh, Gentiles are not circumcised, so we stay apart from them. And so he wouldn't have anything to do with them, yet he was eating with them just a little while earlier. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. So Paul, he says, so can you imagine this is written in the word of God and, and we see we cannot be going by the ways of, of the law, if you would, uh, but rather we need to go by the way of faith and the word of God, uh, especially as we, we, we read in, in the New Testament, which is around the gospel. So verse 14 then. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, he says, Peter, if you being a Jew live in the manner of the Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature, naturally, and, and not sinners of the, uh, of the Gentiles, knowing, now, now he says, Knowing that a man is not justified or made right before God by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified or made right before God by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. He says, Peter, you can't, either you believe in Jesus Christ, by faith in who he is and what he did for you. And it's not you keeping the law that's going to save you. It is by you keeping your faith in who Jesus Christ is. Look at it. It goes on in verse 17. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Is it because of Jesus Christ that we are found to be sinners and sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed... I make myself a transgressor, and he explains that in the next verse. For for I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. So the law pointed to Jesus Christ, and it pointed to the fact that there's no way that we can keep the law as much as we want to. We can't keep the law. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God. I do not set aside the grace or the favor of God in my life to be complete. And that grace and the favor of God comes by my faith being in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. I acknowledge that daily. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. If it's by me trying to be a good person, I put aside what Jesus did for me on the cross, and now my faith becomes is in myself and in the law and me keeping the law, and you will never be able to do it. I will never be able to do it. And that's where there, there is. Uh, we, we, we lose out on becoming complete and making it big when it comes to life. look at the pressures that we put on the uh, that that were put on the colossians for salvation and oftentimes we put these same pressures on ourselves so jumping to colossians chapter 2 verse 16 and i'll just read this quickly it says so let no no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or sabbath. so he's talking about the the old testament law and all the different things that you were supposed to do the festivals and keeping the festivals and all those things all of those things were a shadow of things to come, but the substances of Christ. So now, so a shadow, right now I, I'm, I'm looking, I've got lights shining in behind me, and it's creating a shadow even right here on my, on my papers because of the lights that are behind me. So the shadow is, is in the, in the, an indication that something is making the shadow. And that's, that would be my, my head and my hands here are making a shadow on my papers from the light that's behind me. The same thing, Jesus Christ. The, the law and all of that was a shadow of the reality and substance of Jesus Christ. It says, let no one cheat you of your reward. What reward? The reward of salvation and eternal life. Through faith in Christ and the fullness and the completeness, you're gonna get cheated out of your of of what you could have is is if you if you're believing in the shadow rather than in the substance of Christ. The law, which is the shadow, keeping the law, or Jesus Christ, who fulfilled the law and is is everything of the law pointed to Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus because you can't keep the law. You need Jesus. So don't let anyone cheat you of your reward taking delight in false humility or putting yourself down and worship of angels, getting to God through angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head. Who's the head? Jesus is the head, from whom all the body, we are the body, nourished and knit together by joints and and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. So there's a a fullness that comes only through Jesus Christ, the head. Therefore, verse 20, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations such as do not touch this, do not taste this, do not handle that, which all concerns things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These are the doctrines of men as they, they twist and, 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 and they take the law and they say, well, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. That our faith would not be in the law or the keeping of the law, but in Christ, not in the traditions of man or the, the, the basic principles of this world, but that our faith would be in Jesus Christ. That's where the fullness comes through. And I, let me just say this, I, I, I'm experiencing that even, and I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else because I recognize my flaws. I recognize my flaws, but I say, thank you, Jesus. You have taken care of all my sins because my faith is in you. My righteousness comes from you. And there's a fullness of life that has begun to be had that I've, I've, I've experienced that I didn't experience for many years of my life because I was saying, well, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Now there's a thing of, oh, thank you, Jesus. It is through your righteousness, through your death on the cross, that I am saved. I want to read again from Galatians 6, verse 14. It says, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been made, has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to boast in the cross of Christ. Let me just end off again with verse 9 and 10 of Colossians 2, verse from Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And I, I want for this to become reality, verse 9 and 10, to become reality, it is because our faith is in Jesus Christ and Him crucified that is critical for, a, for daily living and fullness of life. Despite what's going on, despite COVID, despite restrictions, despite all the different things that they're pumping out, the fear you know, so many more cases today, so many more deaths today. It's like, and so people, they're just overwhelmed with this. And God is saying, you know what, doesn't matter. Let your faith be in me and what I did for you on the cross is what Jesus is saying. For, this is verse 9 now, Colossians 2, 9, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, in him, Jesus Christ, and him crucified, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. It doesn't matter what the government may say, no matter what they may put into place, doesn't matter. Jesus, we are made complete in Him, in Jesus Christ, because He is the head of all principalities and of all powers, and He loves you so much to make full to fill up to cause you to abound to furnish to supply liberally to to make complete to fill to the top to full measure to fill to the brim to make you perfect in every particular aspect of your being to carry out something so that it, it becomes a reality to you to to perform and execute the things that need to be performed and execute that you cannot be, because he has the power he is the head of all principality and power. He's above all those things, and he's able to perform those things, the promises and the prophecies that are for you to accomplish them. God's will for your life to be made a reality because your faith simply is in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. Praise God that you would make it big as Jesus is preeminent in your life hallelujah i just want to pray if your faith isn't there or if you're watching online today and you say man my life is it just sucks or i just have such fears or pastor i'm going through so many difficult things the lord wants to make you complete despite the things you may be going through so i want to pray with you if you would pray with me and just pray after me i want to help you in this prayer Of getting things right with God and right with the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I have sinned. But you took all my sins upon yourself. You died for me 2,000 years ago. You died for me. And you were buried. But you rose again. You overcame death, you overcame hell. You overcame the power of sin, and all power and authority has been given to you, and I believe that. And Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm placing my faith there. I'm just trusting you that this is, this is truth. And Lord, I just allow you, I'm asking you to come into my life, that I can be complete, that you can perfect me, that you can change me, that you can give me a hope, that you can give me a future, that you can give me an eternity. Lord, I ask this. I ask you, come into my life. Save me. But Lord Jesus, that you would also be my master and Lord. I submit to your lordship in my life. I make you preeminent in my life. I make you first in my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, let me know. Let somebody know that lo- lo- loves the Lord. Let them know, hey, man, I gave my life to Jesus. I want to encourage you. Let me know at uh, pastor at LighthouseNiagara.com, pastor at LighthouseNiagara.com. And uh, I want to uh, encourage you, if you're in the area that we could get you some uh, a-, a Bible and give you some instruction uh, and uh, get you started on a new life of of wholeness and of completeness and of making it big with christ we want to get you started god bless you have a wonderful day uh, and a wonderful evening in jesus name amen hey thanks for joining us we hope you enjoyed the sermon just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website LighthouseNiagara.com.